All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players broadcast, episode 79, people. We are taking a deep dive into game five. It's the rapture versus the rupture. Kevin Durant goes down with a catastrophic injury. What does that mean for his future and the future of free agency this summer? Do the Warriors win game six? Drew gives you his pick. I give you my pick. I also give Drew some good news. I'm saying Ant Davis is going to be a Laker by the end of the weekend, people. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick the intro music. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple, Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free, and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Yep. The True Players broadcast. Oh, boy, guys. It's been a minute. We apologize. So much has happened. Uh, I mean, when was the last time they've heard from us? Game four? Yeah. Oh, did we watch game four together? We watched game four. So we going into game four oh, was boy. the last pod that we dropped. That was on Friday, I believe. Do you guys think our, do you think our listeners are okay? I mean, we got, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Yeah, lots happened. Lots happened. You want to jump right into it? Or, I mean, I don't oh, wait, know where gotta, to we, start. We gotta, we gotta start with the magic number. Let me, let me backtrack. Then. Yeah. Episodes. What are we on? Was it seventy nine? Seventy nine. Yep. For all our new listeners, we try to correlate our episode number to uh, Drew picks a famous number in the basketball world. Yeah, that, something related to the game. So seventy nine, Drew. Give me something. Whose episode is this? So. I'll tell you who it's not. In 1979, the number one overall draft pick was Magic Johnson. Okay, can't do it. We that. are not having a Magic Johnson episode. We just did a Tragic Johnson episode. Yeah, we've covered a few a, shows ago. He's got enough coverage. Players born in 1979. It's going to be a good one, I'll bet. We have a good list here. Okay. Elton Brand. EB. Baron Davis. B. Diddy, my boy. Boom Dizzle. Ricky Davis. Yeah. Richard Lewis. Corey Maggette. Mm. Tracy McGrady. Oh. Lamar Odom. Ron Artest and Hito, Mr. Turkoglu. Turkoglu. Hito Turkoglu. Not as nice as the previous list that we've had, but these are really nice names on this list. Yeah, Queen stand up for Ron Artest and Lamar. Right. I um, think T Mac is is I mean, we I, haven't done a T Mac. I don't yet. think we have done a T Mac unless we we might have done one. I think we might have done one in like the sixties. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a he minute. Scored, I, he scored he uh, scored one I think his career has like sixty four or something like that. Yeah, but we gotta keep it in the family and if we if we got boom dizzle. 
the legend too. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. We've we've never done a Baron mm-mm. episode. I don't think mm-mm. right because he was number five mm-hmm. his whole career. We didn't do five. Mm-mm. I like it. You want to do Boom? Yeah, man. I mean, when I look at this list, especially from like a Clippers perspective, I think you know Elton Brand would be something that you would that you would and Corey mm-hmm. that you would ride for. Obviously, and Baron, Lamar. Baron was a Clipper. Yeah, Lamar had some years. There's a lot there. of Clippers on there. Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy Clipper list. But I love I love Barons. So let's can, go with B Diddy. Let's go. You got it. B Baron. Diddy, shout out, bro. Seventy nine. He is he is family. I always wanted to be Baron Baron Davis. Like that was the one player I wanted to be oh. like. I mean, I always wanted to be Jason Williams, like Allen Iverson, but Baron could bang on people. Yeah. And I always wanted it, to be yeah. that. I, Iverson and uh, Williams never really jumped as high as Baron. No, they were smaller guys too. But did you still. see Baron's IG yesterday where he was dunking? What? Oh, dude. So slick sports yeah. lifestyle and culture. I used to work for them. And Baron, uh, they're in Hawaii with Jelani, our boy Jelani. They're putting and Matt Barnes are putting on a camp. Nice. And boom, had they just were taking a quick video of him. He was in shorts and a tee, and just did a drop step, one handed bang. No way. Yeah, and he's like twenty more pounds to go. Look at that. He's, well, I think he's forty this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, nineteen seventy nine. I don't know when his birthday is. Maybe he's forty already, but. That's a big number, and I think a lot of dudes, you know, he just had his fortieth. Right? Okay, yeah. Uh, I know, like my brother just had his last year, and I know when I get to forty, I'm gonna have that renaissance. Like, you know what? I'm still forty years old. Let's let's drop twenty pounds, just and, twenty, and see if I can dunk again. Right? Um, that'll that sounds like me in in eleven years. Well, Baron um, is, is a father of two now, and he spends a lot of time with his kids. He's, yeah. he's got dad life, and. You know he's filming a movie, legit movie right now. Baron's always got. I've said this on many many shows, dude. Baron's one of the smartest dudes I've ever met, um, and he could ball. I mean, I had to spend all last summer guarding him and helping him get ready for <laughs> for the big three, the big and three. he would tear my ass up, bro. Yeah, he's good. Tear my yeah. He's really good. Really good dude. player. And you know, even last summer he was trying to drop weight for for, for the, the big, big three. three. Yeah, get back uh, in shape. Get the knees un- ready. Unfortunately, I I was the dummy D on yeah, him. Man. So, BD, your episode, you are um, you are one of my favorite players of all time, and I'm happy that I know you. Let's get into this, Drew. Game five. Okay. NBA freaking finals, which has been a great finals. Yep. Um, we're up in the six, right? We're back up in Toronto. Yeah. For, five. for, for game five. Yeah, it was back um, in Toronto. Day before the game, KD is questionable. Cleared, More, to, cleared to practice. Cleared to practice, but let's all go back to – what we what Jalen Rose said he had heard KD practiced nothing was good about practice he didn't right. look good right uh, it nothing went well that's what he heard and he told the world and then the morning of the game KD goes from questionable to he's playing and starting and having no restricted minutes whatsoever so that changes the whole landscape of the game right absolutely the news that Kevin Durant was was going to play was unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean it, it was. Something that you and I, from the get-go, didn't think was going to happen. This Adamantly series. said, "Yeah." Uh, so I'll, yeah, I'll be the first to say I didn't. I didn't think it was going to happen, and I was shocked to see him out there. And he looked fantastic. Yeah. He looked so damn good. That first quarter was honestly maybe the best quarter of basketball that we've seen in this series. Just back and forth, people hitting shots, both sides. No, I not, mean, not on Toronto's side. Dude, the, the end of the, the end of the first quarter was like thirty-six to twenty-eight. It was like a good. It was. I mean, I have it right here. So. Yeah. Yeah, 34 to 28 at the end of the first quarter. Both teams were hitting. But it was the majority of the attention was on, oh, my God, Kevin Durant just hit his first, you know, three threes. And Steph's hitting. Clay's hitting. Like, things were moving for the Warriors. But Toronto was right there. Toronto was in the game, but they were were 2 of 15 
from, from three. three. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that Golden State was hitting their threes. Right. KD was walking into shots, hitting them. Yeah. Um, and that's when I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, it, this is legit. This is really happening. And he, and he looked good. And we all saw the clips and warm-ups yep. of him dunking and, and, you know, getting his shots up, doing his routine, the fucking dancing that he does before the game. I just... Drew, in any, and again, this is not new news, people. If you listen to the show, we have said since day one, since his first injury happened, that this was an Achilles injury. Yep. And I don't care what anybody says. He was nowhere near 100%. There's no way he could. Correct? How could you possibly be right. 100%? And the first thing I thought, I wasn't, we didn't watch the game together. I watched it solo, um, taking my notes as I'm looking at my notes of the game. It's obvious that I started having a, a couple more cocktails after <laughs> after quarter number two because yeah. my handwriting gets sloppy. It's a little sloppier. But in anything you do, you cannot, after not playing basketball for 33 days and suffering a quote-unquote lower leg injury, which we all said was bullshit. You can't categorize this shit as a lower leg injury. They were just too scared to always say Achilles. And, yeah, I think Kevin Durant in his sleep, Drew, can walk into a three-pointer and shoot a three-pointer. Right. I think that's easy for him. Yep. It's like me and you taking a breath of, of air. But once you got to make that basketball move like he did, the first basketball move he made during the game, yep. it was a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really interesting. The, the whole reasoning behind why he felt comfortable to play, right, there's all these factors that come into – why he made the decision to go out there and play and play in, in in game five. First and foremost, you know, elimination game. This is this is could be the it could have been the last game of the series. It could have been the last you know game that Kevin Durant plays as a warrior, et cetera, et cetera. So just in general, and having it be the finals and not wanting to lose, that's the first reason that he goes. And back I admire out. that. Right. I respect it and I admire it. Second reason, you got to think that he got cleared, as Bob Myers said in his teary eyed. Uh, you no know, tears press, though he didn't he no didn't, actual tears no actual sniffles, tears mm-hmm. and his, his lower lip was quivering yeah saw that it felt like a real emotion yeah. but the doctors have to clear him on some form or fashion now obviously the doctors have motives as to why they could say or falsify whether or not he was cleared i don't think that that happened i think the doctors this in my estimation i don't know this to be true they had to have said look yeah you can do this you can play but we can't guarantee that you won't get injured because this is still a recovering thing. But we'll clear you to play if you feel like you can go. I'm going to read you something from uh, the San Diego Tribune. Kerr did say the doctors told him that there, there was no chance of re-injury with Durant. But that almost certainly has to be a misinterpretation. There was no way Durant was 100%. Why wouldn't he have played game four if he was at 95%? Right. You know? Exactly. Um, I think that this is 50-50. I think... Kevin Durant definitely has responsibility should it should take responsibility for this cuz it's ultimately his choice. Totally. It, it it is. But it was Clay's choice. He wanted to play in game 3 and Steve Kerr, like we said before, said I'm I chose not to play him because I didn't want to have to live with that. I couldn't live with myself if he got hurt again. Right. I think this ties into now li- listen, we have been very critical about Kevin Durant his whole career. Critical only his off the court stuff. Okay. Our captain sensitive stuff that we talk about. We're not the only ones that think that he's sensitive and whatnot. I think when I was talking to my NBA friend who said it really well, he said, Kevin Durant was shamed into playing this game. We all know Kevin Durant reads comments. Here's what people have to say. And this whole narrative that came out uh, before the game saying golden state players were wondering why he wasn't playing in game four. You know, right. and but I don't some, know how real that I that, don't either that report, if you want to call it a report, could possibly be. 
I mean, it would be stupid for us to think that the Warriors weren't, the teammates weren't aware of the severity of Kevin's injury, right? Like when it happened, when he went down, it was like, oh, that's fucking, that's not good. Whatever it is, it's not good, Mm -hmm. right? And so they've had to, like, the whole idea that, that they might be questioning his toughness is just so strange and like out of nowhere. Uh, for a reporter to have that view without having like direct contact with somebody like Steph or you know even Quinn Cook walking up to him and saying like I don't know he looks fine when he's walking around he looks fine like that just doesn't seem realistic to me like that some that that conversation would be had with a reporter. I was doing my laundry today yeah. out of the laundromat that I go to all the time and Dave uh, that runs the laundromat who's who's a fan but he knows like when I come in he likes to talk basketball and likes to ask me questions. And he was saying, I was watching the game with, I've been watching the series with my wife. And he's like, my wife asked, why isn't Kevin Durant on the bench? Like, why don't you see him out there? Like if he's, if he's feeling okay and questionable in this series, like why isn't he out maybe working out? And I told him, I said, they were hiding him. They had been hiding him the whole series. They didn't want to see Kevin Durant on the bench, getting up, getting down, high five and doing all this stuff because he was legitimately hurt. Drew. I don't think in any way, shape or form that he was misdiagnosed because they have a great training staff. I also heard today, which was the first time I heard that their head athletic trainer, which I think was a female left because they weren't going to pay her enough money. Okay. And they all really, really liked her. So that's kind of a new, and Jeff Compton could tell us if, if I'm wrong, but this is what I read today. Um, but I, I think they all knew that there was a huge risk in paying Kevin Durant. Right. And again, back to Kevin Durant, I just felt that he felt he had to. Right. And that's the only reason that's the only real reason that you can come up with this right like he's he's looking at this from the perspective a legacy of standpoint all all the different standpoints that revolve hurt, around this hurt, exactly don't... and you know to me like you said it correct it was the first real basketball play that he decided to make offensively like he he blocked a shot on the other end maybe two possessions before where he got uh, jumped really high or high enough pinned it against the backboard and, and landed awkwardly and i was like oh yeah Everyone kind of froze for a second, but he was fine. Just kept it moving. And then literally uh, 37 seconds after that, he makes his first move where he's trying to dribble around. I think it was Ibaka. Yeah, it was Ibaka. He's trying to dribble around Ibaka and then just snap. It was the it was the quick jab immediately, step. S- immediately snapped. And it's the same. It's literally the same exact move that Kobe made yeah. and Chauncey made. Yep. And I, only, I bring those two up because I was both I was watching that both right. those games where yep. it happened. Kobe's was bad too. Kobe and Chauncey's both were making that same fucking move. Dribble right by you. Mm-hmm. Right. First of all, nobody knows your body like you. Mm-hmm. KD knew he was hurt. You know, yep. he knew he knew his severity of it. Maybe he sugarcoated a little bit. His mom was on the View this morning, right? And they asked her. She quickly kind of backtracked from it, but they asked her, "Do you blame the Golden State Warriors?" And she said, "Yes." She said, "Yes, I do." And obviously, she's not. She's going to take her son's side, but of course. I think it's more of the pressure that right. KD was receiving, like, you know, the feeling that he had to play. And this goes back to Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard. Do you remember that beef where yep. Tony Parker was like, we don't understand why he's not playing. Sure. He should be playing. And you know what Kawhi Leonard said? I know my fucking body. Right. And something's wrong. I'm not going to risk my career. I'm not going to risk my career. Right. My, free, my, my, my future free agency. Right. And I know I'm hurt. I'm not going to go out there and risk everything. I get it. It's the I think finals. the Tony Parker thing happened like after Kawhi just said, I don't want to play. So I, I'll give Tony a little bit more credit okay. because I think it was after the fact that like the doctors had cleared Kawhi and he was just still like, no, I want a second and third opinion. Totally fine to do all that. But I think at some level they all viewed him as healthy. I think they stopped viewing him as hurt. I just don't – I don't think it's possible for the Warriors to have that same kind of view on Kevin Durant when the, when the injury was so recent. 
The one thing that I'll say, though, is like the entire time that they've been avoiding the word Achilles mm-hmm. in, de- in describing this injury is maybe something that they're trying to cover their own asses with. Maybe they are trying to say that the first injury was actually calf-related and that this injury wasn't related to the first, and he had a separate injury, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if they are, it's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. Because we, anyone that was watching that game that's seen an Achilles go before, that's the immediate reaction. When he turns around and grabs the upper part of his calf and reaches for his Achilles... It's an Achilles injury, and they tried to sugarcoat that because they didn't want the severity of the injury to get out. And they can and then on the other side, they flip it and go, you know what? Actually, he's good to go. Game five on the line. Yeah, we. I think we can probably do it. I. I. They have the Warriors staff all has to take some blame, but so does Kevin Durant. So why didn't Steve Kerr say the same thing though? Why well, didn't Steve Kerr say, you know yeah. what? You're not playing. You're not going to suit up. I think, I, I do think it was out of his hands there. I think Steve. It's not Kevin Durant. It's not Kevin Durant saying, "No, I'm fucking playing." Right. Steve Kerr has to be the one. It goes there, from what I read. It has to go through three different channels: mm-hmm. front office, head coach, coaching staff, and the player. The player. And from what? And the players, the players, people, and sure. they all got to come to some kind of agreement. Right. But to say that he wasn't risking, and first of all, you can you can word a calf injury right. as an it can still be an Achilles, yeah, because it's part of it's the part calf. of the connection. But we saw like even in the tunnel when he was greeting people, like ice was not on his fucking calf. It was dude. on his Achilles. It was on his Achilles. Yeah. So basically, let's just say we're right about this. Yeah. We were all. I think we were all right. I think Kevin Durant had a partial tear in his Achilles, which is insane to even consider mm-hmm. playing on, because that is such a fragile thing. So like, <laughs> even if he was. 85% good to go on an Achilles that the margin of error for that injury they always say from what I've heard they, they say that a partial tear may actually be worse for you than a complete rupture and so the idea to even think that a partial tear is something that he he would consider playing <laughs> an NBA finals game on is just outside of my mind I don't understand so the reasoning that I'm saying that it I think it was beyond Steve Kerr is because if he goes if he goes to Bob Myers and Bob says, we're playing him, he said he's good, the doctor said he's good, he wants to play, we're playing him, what is Steve going to do? You know, I think it, there's a directive there. I mean, Bob Myers, I again, I don't think it was that black and white where Steve was like, no, I don't want to play him, and Bob and Kevin, like, overruled him. But I think situationally, they all they were all like, we need him to show up. I get that. But how do you, Drew, t- I mean, even take a marathon runner, right? Mm-hmm. Take an elite marathon runner who has an injury to his lower leg, a right. lower leg injury. Yeah. And then he can't run or do anything for 33 days. And then you expect him to go out and win a, win a freaking marathon? No, right. it's going to be difficult. Right. I think the, the, the trickiest part about this here and where Steve can take some blame, because uh, it's all on him, is the amount of minutes that they played Kevin right from the beginning. Right. That was a little strange. I mean, uh, granted, he looked great. Everything was moving smoothly. Like He looked like back to normal. So I can see getting wrapped up in that, but you gotta like the minutes restriction thing, like that had to have been overlooked. The whole idea he hasn't played for thirty three days immediately, regardless of a hundred percent, ninety five percent, seventy five percent, you should you should not play the man the first twelve minutes of a fourteen minute game that you're into. And then how does Doris Burke say, Oh, there's no minute restriction either? Like how what That's do you what mean? I mean. Like so That makes no sense. It doesn't. And and so that's something that I'll say whether or not this injury could have been prevented by Kevin playing six minutes and then sitting six yeah. and then coming, we don't know because it seems like it was inevitable. It would, if he made his first move, I think it would have been the same it, same thing, right? So whether that move happened, you know, in the second quarter or whether you know whether they waited until the third, it seemed like inevitable that this was going to happen. Unfortunately, and and when we see this, when we see him on the ground. 
I dude, the first thing that went through my head was his his career might be forever changed now. We've never really seen someone that has a ruptured Achilles. He's he's already out of surgery. We've never seen. First of all, I I can't even get prescriptions that fast. And Kevin Durant well, Achilles already had. They happen quick. Achilles surgery. No, I'm just saying, like this they literally have to happen. happen. <laughs> they have to happen fast. You start losing elasticity. No, in I your get Achilles. it. That's an emergency I, surgery. I get it. But that's funny though. <laughs> but uh, when 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 he goes down, the first thing that I think of is all right, Dominique Wilkins. He came back. Who was the only really the only guy that came back and was able to be. You know, maybe not a hundred percent as athletic, but almost a hundred percent as athletic, and was able to produce on on virtually the same level for like one or two seasons after that injury. But other than that, we're we're littered with players that have never been the same after this injury. And then immediately, I, it took me to, to free agency too, because now big picture stuff is well, all over the place. I think we. I want to get into free agency later because we still got to talk about this game. But I want to say one more thing about Kevin Durant because that was a turning point in this game. Yeah. Kevin Durant is a hooper. Kevin Durant is a basketball player. This guy loves the game so much. His passion is, you know, unwavering. I I completely understand the wantingness and the Definitely. And to wanting to play. And I know I'm not Kevin Durant. I'm not a professional basketball player. I don't play at a high level, but I I understand his passion and I understand what it's like to suffer a great injury when I when I blew everything out of my knee. I blew out my my ACL, my MCL, my PCL, my 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 kneecap was two centimeters off. I remember going to the emergency room. As soon as it happened, I thought I'm never going to play again. And when I got to the emergency room, the doctor was was fucking with my knee, and my leg was hanging off like a like a like a tree branch. And he kind of smirked and laughed. He said, "Well, you're not going to be playing basketball again." And that's that that was I remember him saying that to mm-hmm. me. And I remember how devastating that was to me. And again, I'm not Kevin Durant, but. It gave me a different outlook on basketball and my approach to basketball. And I think if I, if we know anything about Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is going to come back from this as best as he can. And I think he will be okay. Science has gotten better. You know, ACL surgeries 25 years ago meant you're done. Like you're, you're retiring from whatever the fuck you're playing. Right. And now the bounce back from ACL is like literally six months. Achilles is different. Yeah. You know? Achilles I, is a year. It's a, it's a year. Anything in the feet region, foot region. Yeah, it's a year. It's it's a year. It's 9 to 12 months. Uh, Rudy Gay came back in 9, mm-hmm. and they restricted him, but he came back fast. But, you know, Wesley Matthews hasn't been the same player. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Jennings isn't in the NBA anymore. You know what I mean? And these are all guys that, are that you know, you need to be quick to play. So, anyways, I, I just feel that Kevin Durant, if anybody comes back from this, it's going to be Kevin Durant. Yeah, and that's what we all want, too. We want him to be back in the NBA. We want him doing his thing. We never the whole idea of him being able to play in game five and the hope that he would make it through the game and then maybe play in game six was so I was so happy to see him back out there because this is exactly what we wanted. We you wanted, were happy. You were happy, Drew. And I get that. And I'm yeah. sure I, I was nervous the whole freaking time. Oh, of course, you're nervous. Just, you're watching. I was watching him like a ticking time, mm-hmm. bomb, unfortunately. But but when he was hitting shots, I was like, oh, shit. Fucking Kevin's back. Like, here we go. Do you go. remember our post? Yeah. From the night before with my Photoshop when I said, I'm not playing. Like, every, I, I truly felt yeah. that that was not going to happen. I thought that everybody, Kevin Durant included, was going to say, I, I just, I'm not going to risk it. I can't, right. I can't go. I'm did. sorry, fellas. And the whole, the whole thing is like, I, I can't really be mad at him for no, doing this. No. You got to tip your cap to him and say, wow. I mean, like, what a warrior. Like, and I don't mean that as like a no, warrior a from the Golden State, but like, what an actual warrior. Whether or not it was the smartest decision, that's debatable. 
but you know where he was coming from a place of passion a place of love like mm-hmm. he wanted to compete and for that I'll always respect him and I think you know weirdly enough this might actually turn the tide for some of the shit that he gets from all these people that that hate on the Kevin Durant because he's a snake and a backstabber and etc cetera, etc cetera. I think this as terrible as it is this injury may influence those people to be like well maybe I have to reconsider whether or not I actually like Kevin Durant because he was willing to sacrifice everything to try and make it back for this game and, and push his team over the ledge and he did it like his without his without performance without his 11 without his performance the, the warriors are not the same team in this mm-hmm. game and so we can get into the rest of the game yeah and but but let's get into when he goes down how dope it was that steph and iggy take him off the floor walk him right up. and the you know those few first of all it wasn't all of canada that was cheering when Kevin Durant went. They didn't know the severity of it. They didn't know if he, you know, just cramped up. But that or was anything. fucked up. No, it was fucked up. Yeah, for the few that did it. All the all the Toronto Raptors fans mm-hmm. in the crowd that were like waving at goodbye and cheering that he was injured. And it's very un-Canadian. It's unbelievable. It's like the most un-Canadian yeah. thing ever. First of all, which is kind of funny. And I mean, the tor- and yeah. the Raptor players shutting them down, being well, like, "What the fuck, you guys doing?" Well, yeah, I mean, I've never once. I don't think I can ever remember someone getting severely injured and people being like, "Oh, good, yes, very good for us." Trolls. You know, that's disgusting. Yeah. So fuck all of you. But I do think that lit a fire underneath the war. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as like going from a uh, you're at the you're at the very bottom of this valley where you just lost your best player for sure Mm -hmm. for a year Mm -hmm. and then going immediately to like an 11 being like, are they fucking are they cheering for this? Like that, you know, that emotional roller coaster right there was the last team to do it to, dude. That's what I mean. Yeah, you you could you might be able to do it to Portland or yeah. Orlando. Well, I, yeah, the, exactly. Not the Splash Brothers, not dog. The Warriors who were like, "Oh, okay, yeah. is this how it's going to be?" Yeah. So anyway, I think, you know, I think that really helped. I also think it helped the Warriors kind of get refocus and get get angry and and just kind of move past it because when something like that happens on the court, the, typically the game will just you know, it takes a little while for the intensity to ease back into right. that game because nobody wants that to happen to themselves. And it, it's just like a, a weird place that you are mentally. You're like, I don't know if I want to dive on the floor for this one. Like, watch out for my knee here, like, etc. cetera. Um, but that shit light a, lit a fire in their ass. And DeMarcus Cousins Man. came up so huge in the immediate aftermath of that injury. Like, I think he scored seven straight points. Seven points in one minute. It was, yeah. like, it was like seven. I think I have it written down, but it was like seven points in one minute. It was seven points in one the minute. The next three buckets were DeMarcus. And you're, and you're like, whoa. And, and DeMarcus looks like a shell of DeMarcus, too. He can't even get off the fucking ground. Right. He at, can't. That, yeah, that tip dunk was as high as he's gotten. I was surprised. And it didn't even count. <laughs> didn't count. Sorry, bro. <laughs> but no, this is what we were waiting for the whole time. Mm-hmm. And this is why I still had firm belief that the Warriors, without Kevin Durant, could still find success in this series. Is because when he plays, even at that level of 14 points and like 8 rebounds or whatever it was, it's so crucial to them. He hit huge shots for them. He was getting well, really good rebounds. Let's, but his let's, performance was massive. Let's backtrack, though. Okay. After his horrific right. game four. And game Luke, three. Luke, and game one. But he had one good game. Game two and was so a good math, game. So, like, if history repeats itself, and mathematically speaking, you're expecting Boogie to have a good game. But, first and foremost, they start a hurt loony over him. Yep. They bring in Bogut before Boogie. Yep. So... And, and Looney was and Looney was diving on the floor, getting hurt. He has a hurt chest. Talk about a soldier and yeah, a warrior. They're all hurt. Yeah, Boogie's hurt. Everybody's hurt. I think Kavon's out for the rest of the series now. Most likely, yeah. but 
uh, Boogie could have been old school Boogie and fucking pouted, on, pouted the bench on the bench, yeah, and been whatever. But when his number was called, Boogie got in the game and said, "I got this." I think he was angry, and yeah. I think he used that to angry his, Boogie's yeah. like angry Drew Just, sometimes. Yeah, dude, well, you know what? It's good. Yeah, you need that intensity. It's sometimes. good. You got to have some intensity, and and for whatever it's worth, he was able to like saddle all of that negative energy that I'm sure he was feeling. Because people gonna, were saying I'm Boogie gonna, shouldn't even suit up. Like, don't even don't even suit his ass up. Well, I mean, the way he played in games three and four, there there really wasn't a reason to suit his ass up. It I, was horrific. I wanted to play Bogut way more than Boogie in game four if I'm a Warriors guy. So, I don't know. It just, the way that he was able to step up was massive. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, Steph and Clay mm-hmm. did the damn thing. Clay looks great playing really good defense, hitting unbelievable shots. Steph's amazing. doing his thing. Um, they got sloppy towards the end, though. So yeah, There's I want to I want to get into like kind of the way that this all ended out. I mean, one hundred six, one hundred five is the end result. The Warriors straight up stole this game, they did. but they looked comfortable until Kawhi said, "All right, enough of this shit. I got this. Give me the fucking ball. Enough of this. Okay, what do I have? Ten shots? I got. What do I have? Twenty points? Give me, give me the ball. I'm gonna take over. You got like ten points in three minutes. It was like, like ten straight. Right. He hit, he hit ten straight and then put the uh, the Raptors up by six with three minutes left. Kawhi only finished with twenty six. I say only, only, but yeah, he finished with twenty six points, twelve boards, six assists, but but was was missing shots. Yeah. He was he was nine of twenty four for the game. What was Danny Green? Four points on See, there, two there, of seven. There it is. Yeah. That's where it is. The difference in Toronto. Okay, check this out. I have this this conversation um, with my boy Leon. Yeah. It's like he always says to me, well, Toronto doesn't have a number two guy. Right. Which they don't. What they have is a collection is of number twos. A collection twos. of number twos yeah. given uh, on any given night. Right, yes. But that performance from Danny Green, his shit wasn't falling. You know uh, they, they, just in general, like Siakam was six of fifteen. He mm-hmm. wasn't hitting. He only had twelve points. It just wasn't the, his night. Right. Uh, but Kawhi being nine of twenty-four was in. That's like that's pretty much what you could spell the first half to be. Because the first three quarters, even he was just missing shots that you were like, oh, that might that would usually go in if he's shooting it. When Kawhi's nine of twenty-four though, and you're losing by one, I mean, come on, dude. right? Come on, exactly. So. You know, the, the big performance here is that run, though. He goes mm-hmm. on that 10-point run. He only had, uh, at that point, he only had 16 points, you know, with, with about five minutes left in the game. So he was clearly having an off night. Goes on an incredible tear, just pulling up, driving to the rack. Uh, couple travels? There's a couple possibly, travels? Possibly. One definite travel on that, like, fast break where he took two steps and, like, just held the ball out and, like, did the whole thing where his he dragged his pivot foot and, like, looked around. Like, oh, wait, where are the refs going to call this? No. <laughs> All right, here, got here, a Powell, here. And then Powell just dunks it because everyone had stopped I because it was so be- blatant. He gets beat up a lot, too, bro. They, he does. They, they call fouls, though. I yeah, mean, they, they do. They call fouls I'm with you. Him. I'm not even going to bring the refs. The refs have been great this series. There was there was about three, two or three travels in the fourth that they just let Kawhi do. So uh, he goes on that run, and then three minutes left is the turning point because after that it was a fucking free-for-all. Just chaos. No, after the timeout, Drew, that's what you're that's talking what I'm saying. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you got to let the people know this. Like, that was key. When you're on an 8-0 run and, you're, and your coach calls a timeout to, to, and you give the, the, the Warriors a chance to sit down, gather themselves, yeah. get a fucking breath, their backs were against the wall, dude. What the fuck was he thinking? So this is the interesting part about that because that was as soon as the game was over, that seemed to be the number one question people were asking about that game is like, why did he take the timeout? And in the press conference, the first question to him was that question. And he goes, 
after three minutes, we lose two timeouts. Those are two timeouts that were going to just go away after okay. the three-minute mark. And he goes, I just wanted to get our guys some rest. And, you know, uh, I, there's something – but at least he had a reason. Okay, I'm at with least, that. I'm with that. It, at least it wasn't just like, oh, I just wanted to take – I, I didn't know what him, I was doing. I wanted him to settle down or blah, mm. blah, blah. He was like, no, we were going to lose these two timeouts. I'm literally playing seven guys. So they he was need, thinking ahead. Yeah, three minutes left. Like, we're doing good. Like, okay. let's just keep it going. Get, get some water. Take a breath. And then keep it moving. Obviously, it was the wrong choice. I mean, you never really fuck with momentum. That's mm -hmm. if you if you've ever watched Phil Jackson coach a game ever, he'll you let know, him go. You know that mo he, momentum, he just rides it. He, he'll he, go. He'll never call a timeout ever. If if it's going good, you just keep, keep, keep going. going. You're no, fine. Can we cancel the TV timeouts? Like, Shaq would be puking us? on the yeah. sideline. Like I, we're good. Exactly. So like. <laughs> It, obviously, he made a mistake there, but I don't. At least there was some calculations behind why the reasoning. Okay, I'm with why. that. I'm I'm happy with that as mm. opposed to him just being like, oh, I just felt like we needed a timeout. <laughs> right. Felt like I just wanted to take a breather. It's like, right. All right. Uh, but yeah, he he screwed up the momentum, and then the Warriors again amidst chaos. The last three minutes was they were sloppy it as was hell. turnover backcourt yeah man goaltending both sides right dream on having a backcourt violation which is inexcusable right uh, a technical all, too he has a technical and a technical mm -hmm. foul uh you have lowry just turning the ball over in a, in a very crucial moment like throwing the ball way into the other side of the court i want to talk about lowry really fast though. yeah there was a three-minute stretch where Boogie was guarding Lowry, and Lowry tore that ass up. And I kept saying to myself, I'm like, they're really going to keep, keep doing this. But you're right. He also hit big shots, too, though, Drew. Yeah, Lowry did. did. Lowry had a, a, really, a pretty good game, 18 yes. points, I think. Uh, but the, in the crucial moments, we just praised DeMarcus, but you got the best and the worst of DeMarcus Cousins because he hits big shots, but then he does goaltending goal twice, <laughs> goaltending against his team and you know, for the Raptors. <laughs> and then uh, gets called for the illegal screen, mm -hmm. uh, which was an illegal screen. It's it's just it's a kind of a shitty call to make in the last minute. But by the rule book, that was not a legal screen. Right. So it's just like three bonehead plays in boogie. a row. Those are boogie plays that probably should have lost them the game. You have Steph hit an amazing hmm. pull up three. With Van Vliet literally underneath him. Oh, Van, Van Vliet can't keep up with his ass. Nobody at can all. keep up with Steph. And both Lowry and Van Vliet both had three quick. Yeah. And Van Vliet and to to the the shit I talked to Jeff Compton about this mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Jeff Compton, excuse me. Van Vliet took took the bait every single time on every steps time. three. Every one of those were every fouls. Time. Every single one of them. Yeah. Now maybe the falls at the end were a little dramatic, but whatever. <laughs> those were fouls. Steph hits the 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 I mean ginormous three to, mm -hmm. to finally get points on the board and mm -hmm. get the ball rolling for them. Clay hits two unbelievable threes, uh, but the last three to really just kind of seal the deal. Uh, and the ball ends up in Kawhi Leonard's hands, which it should. But it was late. So the one thing that I want to get to, like when 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 Nick Nurse is, you know, obviously paying attention to the timeout situation. He, I think they had one or two left, and the ball got to Kawhi, you know, with nine seconds left. At they the, doubled quick at at the you know beyond the three point line. Can you get a better position than that? Maybe if you run something. But on some level, I would have liked the timeout to be at like twenty seconds or something like that. Instead of having it fumble around and then finally gets to Kawhi and it's eight, he looks up, it's like seven, he's got to go. Gets doubled. Iguodala makes a great move as Kawhi decides to put the ball down to the right. Iggy waits for the first dribble, immediately comes to trap. Kawhi, 
very much unlike Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, who would definitely have shot that ball. He had no shot, Drew. Oh, no, I, I know that. He had no shot. I'm not. I'm not. What I'm. If you hear me out. Okay, sorry. Kobe Bryant and Michael game. Jordan take that shot. Take the fade away. They take that with right. two people. In, right. They're taking that shot. Right. I don't care. They'll lose. They'll lose the game. Okay. Kawhi makes a great play, in my opinion, to get an open shot, a better look. Right. Fires it to Van Vliet, who gets Kyle Lowry open in the corner. Draymond gets a piece of that ball, and it ricochets off the backboard, and the game's over. Draymond wins that game. That defensive play from Draymond is huge. I don't think Lowry hits the shot. First of all, I don't. I mean, he was he was a little tight at that point. I, I mean, crush. We don't know. He just had a really terrible turnover. We like don't the, know. The, I, I'm guessing that he's not hitting that shot um, in front of the Warriors bench with the title on the. That'd line. be the second guy I'd want to take the shot, though, dog. Yeah, on their team. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I'm fine with that. They got it to the right person. Draymond had a great play. Kawhi made a good play. Yes. I the thing that I wanted to talk about though is 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 that we always or at least recently we like to compare uh, Kawhi to Ma- Michael Jordan in 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 mainstream media. There's been a lot of those. I mean, Doc Rivers has said it. You know, people are talking about it a lot because he's taking over these games. To his style of play, not right. like as good of a player as Michael Jordan. His style of play, totally okay. And that just wasn't a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant moment. Those guys, it's it's more of a LeBron moment. LeBron yeah. makes the extra pass, he the does, right play. He wouldn't force that, you know, corner jump shot. However, I think. I think it's really possible that Kawhi could have hit that shot. Yeah. It's a 17-foot fadeaway that he hits in his sleep. I mean, the guy is is so efficient from inside the key, or I mean, inside three-point line. He's pretty efficient from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think that there's something about that. Like, Kawhi is such the, the humble superstar that he, even in that moment where he probably could have taken the risk and shot the three and maybe, you know, the, the Raptors get a rebound because there's two guys on him. He still makes the extra pass, and then and then it obviously doesn't. Go I think down, if but. he ha- if he felt that he could hit the shot, he would have taken it. Yeah, and I just I think he made the right play. It was great defense on the play. They play the the Warriors played it well. The Warriors stole game they five did. in Toronto. That place was fucking lit, yo. Jurassic Park was lit, and yo. they were all stunned. Even the beginning, like the beginning, the the national anthem for Canada, yeah. I literally teared up, and I said, "That's what the fuck America needs to be about." The sure. dude that's singing their national anthem, he's put the mic down and said, let everybody sing it. I said, this shit's a wrap. Yeah. Like, this is going to be over. Yeah. But now you got what you wanted, Drew. We're going for the game. We're out, going baby. back to the bay. Yep. Like, back. I, I also want to say something because I, I think we talk about the Warriors more than we do the Raptors a right. lot. And just their energy, the Raptors' energy and how they play defense is so fun to watch, man. Because mm-hmm. they really do play it well. They play the Warriors very well. They play really good defense. It's it's just a simple fact that they didn't hit a couple shots. Right. Um, the ball and, bounces a different way. I and mean, Steph and Clay hit really hard shots. Huge shots. Huge hard shots. Right. From three. <laughs> right. Like, defended well. Right. And yeah. So uh, they opened five for five three pointers. When you open a game like that, you're bound to. And I think all three of them hit it. The, the yeah. their first twenty like seven points were Clay, Durant, and Steph. Yeah. So when that's happening, they're you know, going to be tough to beat. Totally. Even with Durant out of the picture. Totally. But yeah, moving to Game Six, mm-hmm. the the very last game that will ever be played in Oracle, yep. the Warriors could not ask for a better uh, atmosphere for themselves in this point in this position because there is no tomorrow for these people in Oakland. It's like the, it's the farewell to Oakland. Uh, I think the emotion that they're going to be riding off of with that crowd there, as weak as uh, Warriors crowds can be now, because there's there's so much extra stuff happening at a Warrior game that you're not necessarily always with like 
avid NBA fans. You know, it's a lot of. You gotta uh, be rich to be. It's there, like bro. the Showtime yeah. era, like where your people. It's just cool to go to a Warrior game. Mm-hmm. So if you have the money, you're gonna go. No new fans. How many? Yeah, how many games have you watched this season? Right. Ah, like seven. I don't know. Maybe Derek Fisher's still on the team, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like that Stephen Jackson He's guy. So good. He's amazing. I like him a he lot. He never ages. Mm. Um, and so, even with that being said, the Warrior crowd will be, you know, at peak levels. Uh, there's going to be a lot of emotion coming from the Warriors and a lot of belief that they can that they can win this game and then force Game Seven where anything's possible. Well, they kind of had the same situation in Game Four, though, right? They kind of had the same situation. Well, this could have been the last game at Oracle. If it, in Game Four, it was still two one. Right. So there wasn't it wasn't some definitive thing. Obviously, when they go down three one, they hope for another game. But this this is definitively the last game. There's no other game that will be played in the arena. And Toronto's two and zero there. Three and zero. Three and zero there. Yeah, like they play well there. Yeah, they and, do. And Kyle Lowry said, "I play better on the road," and he really backed that up a little bit. They like they know that they can win there. Yeah, they're they're three and zero over the course of the season, two and zero in the series. Mm. I just wanted to reiterate, like, because okay. they played on their their matchup, the Warriors. What is it? What is it for the season, season though? It's five and two. Yeah, Toronto won both regular season matchups, and so yeah, five to two uh-huh. overall record for okay. this season for these two teams. I think the Warriors are going to win this game. I really do. I think there's. I mean, I again, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. This these games are going to come down to the wire. It's going to be some shit like this where you know five minutes left. It, it, it's going to be really in contention, in my opinion. I think the Warriors, Steph and Clay again, are going to have to pull some shit out of their ass. They're going to need somebody like DeMarcus to step up. And they're hurt, homie. Let's say Looney's out. Hurt. Uh, you're you're going to need, you know, with Kevin Durant for sure out, Looney for sure out for game six. You, everyone's going to have to step up. It's going to be one of these things that we've been saying all this this whole series. This is do or die now for them. Everyone has to be making the shots that they have to hit. Iguodala was really passive in Game Five, like overly, I've seen him do that a lot though this series. Overly passive, mm-hmm. it, and and in crucial moments it worked out. He, he taking was, sh- take not taking shots he should have taken. Yes, mm-hmm. and wide open threes is, is specifically what we're talking about. And in two instances it actually worked out because he he swung the ball again and one went to Draymond of all people who hit it. He did hit that who, which was like whoa. All right, maybe did he airball one too though. I, I don't think, think he was shooting well uh, in Game Five, and then he did one more extra pass to Clay who hit a big three in the fourth quarter. But he has to take those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I. It's funny because Max Kellerman came out and said, uh, you know, a very highly publicized quote uh, before Game Five. If He's it's down to nerve. Steph Curry or Iguodala, a last second shot for the league, like who are you going to let it take it? And he said Iguodala. He's and getting on my It's nerves. almost like Iguodala heard that and was like, what? And I'm not shooting at all. Like, I'm going to pass this ball. Hey, why is Max wearing shades now on the show? Did Dude, Kellerman's that? slowly losing his mind. What I the? Think. He is, and I like Max, bro. Stick to boxing. Uh, no, but he can talk sports. It's not like he can't. He can talk football and talk basketball. I just think it's blatantly obvious his takes are just so... They're reaching. Yeah. He's going for the most crazy thing that he can possibly yeah. come up with simply because it'll get the attention. And it get it really it pushes Steven's Stephen A's does, buttons it, and I love it. That's you know, that's true. And anything I mean, there's a lot of things that push Stephen A's I know, buttons. I know. But uh, you know, having Kellerman be one of them is 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 funny. <laughs> but Iguadala has to feel comfortable, mm. especially at Oracle Arena, pulling the shots that they need him to take. Because when he's 
pa- overly passive, they feel like they don't have to guard him. And then he gets into this thing in his, in his own mind, I think, that, oh, I'm not shooting this ball. Even when it comes to him, he's, he's almost immediately looking to pass. You're a finals MVP, bro. Take your fucking right, shots. Right, You have the green light, they, too. They homie. need you to shoot it. And so he's They'd rather that. have you shoot it than Draymond, too. Like, right. 100%. Absolutely. So don't swing it to Draymond. You shoot your shot, right. Iggy. And it was funny because when Draymond got it, he was like, oh, I guess I'm shooting it because <laughs> like, they were both wide open. Right. Like, I think, like, Iggy thought it was Clay or something to his left. Right. He was like, oh, boom. Oh, shit, it's Draymond. <laughs> Squish. He made it. But uh, what do you think? Do you think the Warriors can do this? I, I, you know, it's funny. It's not funny, but like when Clay and um, and Durant were out, and Steph had that huge forty-seven point game, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-seven, forty-seven point game. You know, the question was, where are we going to get the other fifty points? Right. So now it's obvious. You know, KD's not playing. Um, you're hurt. You are hurt. Even like they're all hurt. Uh, Steph Curry had a dislocated finger. Right. Clay has the quad or is a quad. Or, his right? was uh, his was hamstring. Hamstring. Iggy is still hurt. Boogie and his quad and his Achilles. Like, I just feel that everyone. I think Toronto is the better team. I do. I just defensively and I just feel they're the better team. And that's not saying I'm not saying that that Golden State can't win because I just think you're going to need a huge games. You're going to need 35 and 35 and then, from and then 25 to 30 from other people like two collectively key, two key players. Yes, right. collectively. Yeah, and as a group. Yeah, the guy that's been, I, I I see Quinn Cook having a big game because he's getting the minutes loves right Oracle. now. He loves Oracle. Yep. He, I really like him. He's got really good poise. He doesn't mind taking a big he's shot. Got enough confidence to, to shoot it. Totally. It's funny because that's what happens when you play with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson every so, day. Oh, in your that life. looks easy. Yeah. I can do that. I'm I can gonna, do exactly can what they do. Here. Confidence. No he, hit a, he hit a big three. In he game did. Five. Yeah. He's hit a big three yeah. in every single game right. almost, except for like game three. <laughs> but again, if history repeats itself, yeah, uh, Boogie's gonna have a bad game. And let's not let's think about this. If I'm if I'm Toronto, I'm trying to I'm gonna be pushing. Draymond's buttons harder than anything. One, one more tech, he's ejected from the game, and you miss the next game. He's one tech away, and we all know. Dr- and I think Draymond's smart enough because that happened in that Cleveland the, the Cleveland series where right. he wasn't allowed to play, which right. people still think is bullshit. It cost and them the series. It did. Yeah. It cost them the series. Yeah. Whether they won or lost, I don't. You know, it is what it is. But they would have been much better with Draymond in Obviously, the lineup. Yeah. But it's funny because I don't think anybody on Toronto is really a guy that's going to push their butt. It's going to be Draymond. It could be Lowry. I mean, Lowry gets physical and gets and talking shit. He and does. Ibaka will push everybody. And let's let's you know we haven't talked about Gasol enough, and I don't. It's he's boring to talk about, but he when he's so, been so good this series in every way. He really has shooting, uh, rebounding, Ibaka to their big man, the length. Mm-hmm. Of Toronto is what frustrates Golden State. Yeah, because they can't. They're, they're rebounding all the rebounds. Golden State can't seem to get their hands on a damn defensive rebound. Dude, Siakam, Gasol, Kawhi, um, Ibaka. Ibaka. Boardman gets paid. Boardman gets paid. Yeah. Um, I just think the length is really disruptive. So do you? Do you? Are you taking? I'm taking. I, I, I get the nos- Toronto. I get the nostalgia of of playing at Oracle and yeah. I think they're going to come out with an extra fire, especially with everything that's been going on with KD. Yep. But if I'm a betting man, I'm going to take Toronto because I, I'm just going to take them. Think I think the they're series, a better team. You think the series ends? I would like tomorrow. it. I would rather it end in Toronto just for Toronto Raptor fans. Um, and just to have it like you liked a, a game seven, like a game seven would be really, seven. it'd yeah. be great. I want to see it. And we'd see something amazing. Uh, but I, I think, it's just based on that Toronto plays really well in Oracle too. Like they're they're they not do. they're they, not shook by they, any of yeah, this. So great. I'm taking Toronto in a great game. I'm taking Toronto. All right. So we got to get past. Let's get Drew. Let's get past the game. Okay. Game six is tomorrow. Yep. 
Uh, we're gonna we'll get to that later. We yeah. we've talked this you know to death. Yeah. I want to talk about what this means. This whole back to KD. What this means for free agency because the whole summer's fucked up now. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you why. The two top free agents, Kawhi and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is is now injured, going into free agency. Kawhi Leonard is now thinking about possibly staying in Toronto. I don't think he is. And I think he's still injured. Uh, totally. At the end of this series, we're going to find out to the extent with which he was playing with this injury, mm-hmm. but I think he's been injured since you, the Milwaukee we, Bucks series. We can see. We can see it physically. I mean, yeah. it's not as, as obvious as it is as Boogie and, and, and Looney and shit like that. But because, dude, have you ever seen a player that is like so strong and can finish around the rim like Kawhi Leonard? It's like, insane. It's strong. insane. His strength is overwhelming, and his hands are in everything. Like any loose ball, it's just it's his. Yeah, it's like it's it's like a fucking magnet, bro. Yeah. He, I mean that's what it's what it would be like if we played if we played basketball with like a softball. It's like, dude, yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna grab this ball. He's from everywhere. Me. You're good. So with 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 free ag- free agency coming, obviously Kevin Durant, Kawhi were the two biggest. To me, right now, Kevin Durant, he has a player opt in at thirty one million. No matter what, he's gonna make thirty one million dollars next year. He, I feel that the best situation now, under the circumstances he's in, and given that what he just laid on the line for the Golden State Warriors, I think. He, he signs with the Golden State Warriors. I think this is good. As bad as this injury is, I think this is good news for Golden State Warrior fans. Yeah. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna retain Kevin Durant. I think you owe him the best rehab possible, and I think you owe him that max contract, no matter what. I think. I think for sure, the percentage of Kawhi or of, of Kevin Durant staying with the Warriors skyrocketed with that 100%. injury. I totally agree with that. Okay. Uh, the interesting part about doing a one or a two year deal at this stage now is it's he's he's risking a lot of money, right? Because let's just say he goes through the rehab and you know the first year that he's back, it's like eh, it's not great. Like he's still recovering. It's not it's not what we wanted it to be. He could end up, or if he obviously if he re injures it or something else goes wrong, he could end up in a situation where two years from now he's a free agent, but he's not the same guy. And he ends up not being able to get that max contract. I think because of this injury, the possibility of re-signing with the Warriors went up. But I do think he, if he's smart, and I think the business people around him are smart, will go for a five-year deal. A four- or five-year deal to protect, to make sure that he can take as long as he needs with this injury, still be making his money, and not have the pressure of feeling like it's a ticking time clock where I have to be back to my best player in the world form by 24 months from now. No. He, okay, t- two factors here. He's a career 27 point points a game, which is unbelievable, right? Yeah. Career. Yeah. Um I don't think I I think he can come back from an injury and score 25 27 points a game even if you know even at if he's 75% but of the player he used to. But there's a risk there. There is a risk. Yeah. The other thing is he is not Isaiah Thomas. Right. You know what I mean? Isaiah did take that risk. And he might not even be like he might be out of the NBA soon. I think Isaiah Isaiah is like the perfect example for what I'm talking about because he felt the pressure to get back on the floor but to I, make his money. You know what I'm but, saying? But KD and he came back too early. Agreed. But KD also has made 200, 200 million. He's not plus. hurting for money. No, right. And especially when you know you got thirty one million coming next year, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I think it's two totally different circumstances, but. In the same vicinity, you can of what see we're where I'm about. coming yeah. from, though, because in the instance, let's just say worst case scenario, 
He goes through rehab. He comes back. He re-injures it or something as severe happens as a result of him not being playing, not playing for 12 months. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whether that be, you know, a, a quad thing like DeMarcus had, which was on the same leg that mm-hmm. he tore his Achilles, something like that. Your muscles are going to atrophy. It takes a long time to ramp that shit up to get fully It's back. a domino effect when it's, it starts at the bottom of your body, dog. And, and this is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, like, in order to prevent and, and, and to not have that looming risk over your head in a timeline to say, oh, shit, I need to be back to this form at this time so that I can go out and be a free agent and still get a max deal. I just think I think the smarter play is for them to seek the longest possible deal for the most possible money right now. And and whether that be with the Warriors or the Knicks or whoever, we still think that he's going to get maxed out, right? You still think that wherever I, whatever it is, it's still going to be max money, right? I, if and Yeah, he's going to get it. Players will I, – I don't think New York wants to – I don't think New York wants to pay max money for a player they're not going to get for two for a year and a half. And when you're but I thirty-one, think they will. no, they're dumb enough to yeah, do it. Yeah, they'll do it. And they'll, they'll whatever. So are the Lakers. The Lakers will do it too. The Lakers as as, will offer him that as long as we have you. This is the thing, though, Drew. The, he ain't a spring chicken either. He's thirty-one. So if we're talking twelve months, he's going to be on the other the the other end of thirty-three, the beginning end of thirty-three. I think he's thirty right now. No, he's thirty-one. Did he just have his birthday? I think he's thirty-one. I would, I mean, you can double check it because he's my age. He is 30 years old. His birthday is September 29th, so he will be 31. He'll be 31 in in September. September. Okay, so he'll be on the back end of 32, coming up on 33 by the time that he's ready to go. Which isn't. I mean, that's we're looking at. This is what Chris Paul's age is right now. This is what LeBron's age is right now. Not saying he can't come back from that, but again, do you want to be stuck in the situation? We're talking about Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players ever to play. So it's really not the same thing. But like Houston's completely regretting owing. Chris Paul, $46 million when he's 36 years old. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And this could be, we don't know what he's going to come back as. That's my point. Okay. I Do I think he, he'll still be able to score the bat? Like if Wesley Mas- Matthews can come back, if Rudy yeah. Gay can come back and still be a good basketball player. Kobe Bryant was 34 right. on essentially 20 seasons mm-hmm. on his legs, still <laughs> came back and was able to perform mm-hmm. at a reasonable level. I mean, we're not, I, I, I agree with you. He's so skilled and he's so tall. Like I, I think the, the, the worst case scenario for him health wise is like he ends up being like Dirk Nowitzki, just a really long six foot eleven guy who could just nail threes and isn't you know that quick anymore. At the worst, at the worst, at the possible, worst. worst possible case scenario, and and Dirk played until he was forty one. <laughs> right. So you know what I mean? Like I, there's still a lot of hope here for his career, but as far as this free agency is concerned, I think the the landscape has completely changed now. Yeah. And because we're talking about the fact that he may just actually say, fuck this, I'm going to stay here. And we weren't thinking that right. a month ago. Not even two, two weeks ago, two weeks I think ago. we all were, were still thinking that it wasn't going to happen this way. Honestly, before he got injured again, I think we all were thinking that he was gone. He was going to go to the Knicks or whatever. And so with that, with that possibility being kind of scrapped, or at least semi-scrapped at this level, it just it alters everything, right? Kawhi's market is different. If Kevin Durant stays in the West with LeBron and the Rockets and James Harden and all these guys, he could look at that landscape and go, why would I leave the East where I'm clearly the best player? Like, he's clearly the best player in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, and, and even if Kevin goes to the Knicks, he would be the best player. Kawhi Leonard would be the best player until Kevin Durant came back, and, and even then it might be him when, once Kevin Durant is back. So I think it affects Kawhi's position for sure. 
Uh, I still think Kawhi has his heart set on Los Angeles. So I, still, I do too. I still think he's leaving, but you can't. His percentage for staying also skyrocketed. I'm not, I'm not betting the house on it. Right. I won't be shocked if he says, I'm going to go to L.A. Like, here's your chip, Toronto. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Do you think he's leaning more to staying, or I do think, you think he's going? I think – I don't – okay, I think if it was a different player other than Kawhi in Kawhi's position, like if it was Kevin Durant in Toronto yeah. and you could be the biggest fucking star in the country and be an icon and be all of this, I think, I think he'd stay. I think Kawhi – doesn't necessarily want that. Doesn't give a fuck about that. No, and I think he and NBA fans are really starting to see who Kawhi Leonard is, which is a really not complex, simple fucking dude. Humble ass dude. Simple loves dude. Loves to hoop and yeah. is one of the greatest players yeah. we've seen in the last twenty years. And you can't not like him. Like the meme I posted today was yeah. like uh, something like Kawhi's family doesn't even know he plays pro basketball. He just goes home and sits quietly at dinner. At dinner. Like doesn't even know that he doesn't plays. Doesn't even know that he's a major star in the NBA. Right? Yeah. So I I just think right now in where Kawhi's at, especially if he gets another chip, like fuck it, I'm going to come home. I want to be in Cali close to my family and friends. But I also will not hate him for not, for not coming to the Clippers and staying in Toronto because it's a great place to be. Right. I think the whole free agent landscape, we know nothing of where anybody's going right. except for Kyrie. I think Kyrie is in Brooklyn. He's already fucking right. signed the paperwork, I think. Pretty much. I yeah. mean, it seems like he's done. Uh, he opted out today. Yeah, today uh, formally opted out. But, I mean, the guy's been in New York, I think, since the <laughs> end of the game. Since the, that, after the game. After the game that they lost. Him. Yeah, I don't think he went to Boston. I mm -hmm. think he just went from Milwaukee to, you know, I'm going to stop at JFK, boys. Uh, you know, I'll see you. I'll catch you on the back I'll end, I'll grab my stuff in a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to go to, to New York after this game here. I, you know what? I have good news for you, though. What's that? Well, and I, I wanted to break it to you, like, why we were talking. Um, but unfortunately, before we started, Woj dropped a bomb talking about how there was oh. a, um, a the Lakers and Boston are in talks to make that the the Pelicans had to bring in another team to try to make this trade for Anthony Davis work. And I was going to say my my call was by the by the end of the weekend, I think Anthony Davis will be a Laker. That's beautiful. OK, um, I think you will be Kuzma list, Lonzo list and Ingram list. But because Kuzma has to be in the deal, that's what I heard. That's what the Pelicans have to have, and you might be pickless, right? But we'll get Anthony Davis yes. and somebody else mm -hmm. because the third team will have to give us something mm -hmm. on some level, whether that's a pick or a player or whatever it may be. Uh, the interesting part of it is that the Celtics and the Lakers are doing this weird. in tandem. So weird, which you you know that's very strange. I don't know what angle Danny Ainge is working. Picks. I don't trust him. He oh is, no! He is by far the smartest of those three GMs, and snakiest and, too. And I don't like it. I don't like. You don't it. like him because he's a fucking Celtic, Drew. I don't like him because of his history, though. He's a great GM. He's good at his job. You hate him. He's cutthroat. Oh, of course, I hate him because he's a Celtic. Absolutely, I hate him. I've hated him. Have hated him my whole life, even when he was on the Suns. I don't like him, but I also don't like his like his motives for this. Like why like why I, do you want to trade with the Lakers, Danny? I what is it, your what is your back end deal on this? And I think like Jeannie and Rob are so naive they'd just be like, Danny's like, Yeah, let's meet in the let's meet in your office. <laughs> and then like they go to the bathroom and he like gets into their computers and like is just sending them all like sending himself all the information, right. all the deep dark secrets of the Lakers financing and this is not gonna go good for the Lakers. I'm hoping that it's all in good faith. I'm hoping that Polinka doesn't just tell start telling stories about he when he might. was a young man. And so I can either see this happening by Sunday, yeah. or I can see this completely blowing up by tomorrow afternoon and being well, the like. The good news about this is, you know, regardless of my feelings about Danny Ainge, uh, progress talking? the the progress is all pointing towards him being a Laker at some point. So 
I am on board for this. I we need someone to come. If this is the only way we can get a superstar, make it happen. I love Lonzo. I love you, Ingram. You were great. Kuz, it was fun. Peace out, boys. Like I, I want to keep as many of you as I can. But if it's all three, bro, adios. Well, you're gonna have long, fruitful careers. I was telling you that I, I've been hearing about this for a few days now. Like, and the Clippers were were brought into these these three way talks, and like I've just been hearing that that Jerry West is not sold on on Ant Davis for whatever reason. Um, and I haven't been sold on him either. I wouldn't give away the house for him, but I understand that the Lakers mentality. And, I, and I'm sure that there's other suitors out there. But the Knicks might get him too. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. There's a lot of people still trying to vie for this option, so I, I don't want to get my hopes up, so I'm not going to get like super excited. That You he, are, though. I can by the see end of, it. I'm fucking pumped. You, this th- is the best news that we've had about the Lakers organization really in two and a half years. I mean, yeah, two years, really. The, I mean, be- the best thing about this for you, dude, is uh, out of all of these NBA teams that are willing to make – make this deal the lakers have the best assets and that's why i i see that that they can pull the trigger on this and make this happen and so, and david griffin they finally have a gm and that'll there. work with that's you. reasonable right, right. fucking a right. thank you david i like him tip the I, cap i like him a lot um i gotta do a quick shout out go ahead because you know we've been sending our stickers out all over the globe yeah, people yeah. have been t- p- p- posting pictures and doing all that stuff but our boy sean bishop dude <laughs> down there in new zealand okay yeah, we told we told these motherfuckers to start slapping them on the backboards and they're slapped on the backboards but this dude oh, recorded it. it slow motion oh we, we're you didn't see the video i i there's too many videos sean i'm sorry i'm sorry that that the that our host i saw somebody up. i thought it was our, our boy uh gus no Gus, is, no, no, Gus. Gus isn't fucking with us right now. I guess Norway. Yeah, he's in Norway. He turned Jumpman and all those guys onto us. That's or maybe it was Jumpman that I saw. Oh, Jumpman's always, always. Somebody posted us. a picture of our stuff that on was a Jumpman. backboard. That's that was what Jumpman. I saw. In Norway. Nice. Shout out to you, Jumpman. Yeah, but shout out to you, Sean. Sean, way to do that, bro. We appreciate it. I like it. the ups. I will watch the video. He does. I, I will watch the video. Oh, it's so cool, Drew. I'm loving it. Um, anything else? You got anything? Um. Magic Johnson, suck it. I'm tired of talking about the Lakers too. Can I get into the Clippers at some point in this fucking on this pod? Yeah, you guys this... are like you guys are having a very boring offseason. Oh, no, we're, so no, we're making moves. There's bro. no moves. To we're be making made. moves like lasagna. So we'll dog. wait for a move to be made. Oh then we well, can talk we're about making you. moves. Jerry West is making moves. Yeah, hey, you guys are waiting for Kawhi to oh, make a move. Stop talking shit, You're waiting bro. For Kawhi yeah, to make we're, a move. we're waiting for fucking tomorrow for the season <laughs> to end so we can figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> hey, this uh, to follow through with Clips and Drew. Hey, shout out to Dash Radio. Shout out to the Nothing But Net channel. Shout out to everybody that's listened to us. We just murdered this this pod, by the way. We just straight, I'm sticking to the leather couch. It's hot in my, here. My capicola and cheese is getting warm. It's sweating over One there. One thing we haven't done, Drew, is giving enough love to the West Coast, bro. Okay. We have not given enough love to the West Coast, the best coast. That's where we're from, bro. So we're going to take them out with a classic. Westside Connection. Okay. Who banging? Can't get enough of this podcast shit. That's what we're going to go out with. It's a follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew. Who banging on the white collars? Got a pile of dollars. Still rolling impalas. I'm bombing on common sense. Chicago is mine. Nigga hit the fence. Intense. Ping, ping, nigga worldwide. And I bring sin when I want to who ride. Who ride?
millimeters. You know how we who ride when we collide. Niggas run, but they can't hide, cause it's worldwide. I'm jacking and licking, parks just straight tricking. Square ass niggas can't tell I out from a chicken. I feel you full of lead and I take your big head. So nigga, watch how you're talking. I'm still chicken hawking. So hit the deck, fuck, don't move, my gun is bigger. And you'll be dead if I pull this trigger. So where the safe at, I want the loot in the cabbie. Your money or your life, so fuck act like you're savvy. Mac 10 is the lick, West Side is the click. Can't get enough of this gangster shit. Mac 10 is the lick, West Side is the click. Can't get enough of this gangster shit. Yes, you're now rocking with the West. We don't fuck with the stress. West Side! All these, all these, y'all come free. Been in the corner, blow with a pocket full of weed. Serving all enemies, fuck your whole set. This is West Side Connect. I'm still to the neck. Nigga, wake y'all from. I'm swinging, dropping these things in, drinking gin out the bottle, steadily keep swinging out the blue mountain collar, spitting hollows on my rascal with packs as a blast. Get on my stalk on, walk on, nigga, away from my flag. Skip, skip. I'm from that D low, double O, cause the ride, sack, jacking, purse, snatching, new bank till I die. Dub C is the lick, west side is the click. Can't get enough of this gangster shit. Dub C is the lick, west side is the click. Can't get enough of this gangster shit. Bullshit after bullshit. What is this? Got to let these motherfuckers know we mean business. Cock the hammers back and all smiles turn to frowns. Bow down so niggas realize they out of bounds. Connect, subject to do ya, so who ya? Think you're fucking with, don't let that smooth shit fool ya. Got no love for you, your fool, we bring trouble too. Steal your bitch and have a throwing up the double. KD is the lick, West Side is the click. Can't get enough of this gangster shit. Yeah, we duct taping ankles and wrists, following home. Niggas bitches laying in the cuts and chucks and ski masks. Pistol whip they ass until they open up the safe in Calabasas. Ash to ash, dust to dust, nigga. Dick in your ass, sex, all your dough in your bag gets. Before I have to go to torturing, robbery's been the thing since paroled out of court. Comrades is the lick, West Side is the flick. Can't get enough of this gangster shit. Guess who just stepped out the small? It's the West Side connection mixed with bricks and dogs. All you motherfuckers is talking tough. Mad at my homies cause they platinum plus Since I'm the gatekeeper, fuck your street sweeper All my homies is handy with the heater You better tighten up your bulletproof vest You niggas can't fuck with the wild wild west All from the eye is the lick, west side is the click Can't get enough of this gangster shit Connect gang is the lick, west side is the click Can't get enough of this gangster shit Incredible, dub SCG Sending love to the penitentiary We who bang Always represent the world.